a new study today um, on the life of Jonah, the book of Jonah. Um, anytime that you are studying a book, a character, you begin with the, with the W questions. Who, what, when, where, why, how, those things like that. You, you start asking those questions. And so for us to lay the foundation on the book of Jonah, let's start with who authored it, Jonah. It's the only autobiographical book on a prophet. So that's something unique to this book. What was it written about? It was written about uh, a life on the run. It was written about a man and his journey and the will of God and him not liking the will of God and him deciding that his way was more important than God's way and he was going to do his thing. So that begins to be some of the, the who wrote it, the what's it about. What are some things that we will see in the book? We're going to see a hideous people. We're going to see a gracious God. Ultimately, we'll see a pouting prophet and other things that are going to come out. But I believe as we go through this book that every one of us will begin to see that thing that we can grab and say, that might be my life. I might have been there. I might be having some of those same feelings and emotions. You see, because when the word of the Lord came to Jonah, and he said, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh. Jonah, who worshipped God because he was a prophet, he had a relationship with God, he looked and said, God, I'm not going to those people. In fact, what the scripture will show us and the evidence will prove is that when Jonah was told to go in the direction of Nineveh, he packed up everything he had and went in the opposite direction on a boat. And when he went in the opposite direction on a boat, God said, whoa, wait a minute, hold on. And he caused a great storm to come. The storm was happening. The storm was going on. And the Ninevites, who were the captains of the ship, who did not know God, began to cry out to God. And the prophet who knew God began to ignore God. Unique there. And so they say, what can we do? What should we do to please your God? And Jonah said, throw me overboard. And these Ninevites, who were known for their hideous behavior, were more compassionate that, than, at that moment than the man of God. He said, throw me overboard. And they said, we can't do it. In fact, the scripture will tell us that they began to row with passion to get away from the storm so that they could save the one. And finally, when they realized that the sea was not going to calm, Jonah became fish bait. And the scripture says that, that it, the Lord caused a great fish. Now we call it a whale. I don't know if it was a whale, if it wasn't a whale. But I know this, there was a fish and it was a big one. Because it says that it was big enough for him to swallow Jonah without killing him. And for three days he lived inside the fish. And inside the fish he began to have a a church service, and he cried out to God, and he said, God, get me out of the fish, and I'll go to Nineveh. And on the third day, it says that the fish vomited him up on the shore. Yeah, can you imagine? Ah, oh, that would have been nasty. But it would have been a whole lot better than where he was. So that's a good thing. It says that he went to Nineveh, he did what the Lord told him to do. He preached, and the people of Nineveh repented. Now, that's really why Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh. 
He didn't want to go to Nineveh because he knew in God's mercy if he declared the word of the Lord to them that they would repent. And he didn't want that to happen. Now can I tell you, we can certainly draw some modern day comparisons in this story to today. God, I want you to save the world, but don't make me go over there. God, I want you to show your love to people, but can you do it through somebody else? We're going to see that. And as we begin to draw on this passage of Scripture, I think that the Lord will teach us. On Wednesday nights, we are studying life principles. We're talking about Jesus and a politically correct world. How do we respond in a world that's increasingly not following Christ? As followers of Christ, how do we become followers? And we're saying that because everything is shifting around us, that we must build our lives on principles. Principles are those things that don't change no matter what the circumstances are around us. So we're looking at 30 life principles. It's a study. It's a book. It's a Bible, a study Bible that you can get. Dr. Charles Stanley did it. It's not original, but it's his, and it's good, and we're looking at it. Well, principle number five this week was this, that God does not require us to understand his will just to obey it, even when it seems unreasonable we see that's where Jonah is Jonah knew God's will Jonah was required as a follower of God as a prophet of God to obey God's will but because the will of God in that moment seemed unreasonable to him he granted himself permission to walk away from what God said and to do what he wanted to do there's another point of comparison Every one of us can find in our lives that moment when we know what God wants us to do, but we choose instead to follow ourselves. So we know who the book is. It's Jonah. We know who wrote it. We know that it was written about disobedience and revival and following the will of God. And really we're going to chronicle Jonah telling us his story. What are some key verses that are going to come out in our study The first one we would see is Jonah 1.3. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed to Tarshish. Another key verse is Jonah 1.17. But the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish three days and three nights. Now, there is a debate about this book. Is it historical or is it allegory? Historical means it's the recording of what happened, and allegory means it's folklore and a parable basically used to make a point. Well, I will tell you that I absolutely 100% believe that this is a book that is historical. It is a book that can be traced to when he lived, Jonah lived, the people that he lived around, and it is a book that is quoted by Jesus himself, when he said, just like Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights, so the Son of Man will be for three days. He didn't say, so like they tell it, or so like it might be. He said, so as it was. And so, here we go. We believe it to be a book that is historically accurate, written by by the person that lived it, and told to us, so that we'll understand. Jonah 2.2 is another key verse. In my distress, I called to the Lord, and He answered me. From the depths of the grave, I called for help, and you listened 
to my cry. Jonah ran away. God provided a fish to get his attention. When he had his attention, Jonah repented. And he said, in my distress, you heard me. Another key verse, and then we'll start rolling along. Jonah 3.10. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he had compassion and did not bring upon them the destruction he had threatened. So in this passage, in this book, we're going to see two people, two sets of repentance. Jonah repents, God forgives. The people of Nineveh repent, God forgives, and he does not destroy them. There's a word in there for the individual, Jonah. There's a word in there for the nation, Nineveh. Repentance is the key. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, then will I hear from heaven, and then will I heal their land. Ladies and gentlemen, we are living in a day and a time when we need God to heal the person and the land. So let's pray. Father, as we get into this book, as we begin to study this, this call to obedience, this call to compassion, this call to repentance and doing the will of God, Lord, would you speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. So I have to ask you a question this morning. Do you believe that God has a specific will for your life? Okay, if we believe He does, then, he, then it's also incumbent upon us to seek that will. Jesus said, if you seek me, you'll find me. Romans 12, 2 says this, that I want you to be able to prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans I have for you. We could say, I know the plans that God has for Chris. And you could insert your name in there. So we're working on this premise. We're reading a true book that's historically accurate. And we're understanding that God has a will for every one of our lives. And for us as believers, God is saying, I have a will. He says, if you will seek me, I will show you my will. But it's not just to understand the will, but the ultimate thing is for us to obey the will of God. So here we go. From the beginning of time, God has wanted and has been looking for men and women who will set out to call out to Him and will set out to obey His will. For example, in the book of Isaiah, God was looking for men who would stand in the face of disobedience. In Ezekiel, God was looking for men who, and women who would make up the hedge and stand in the gap for Him. In Gideon's day, God was looking for 300 men who would go and do battle in His name. God has been looking and today He is looking for men and women who will stand up and say... I will serve the Lord. I will stand in the face of disobedience. I will stand in the face of hate. I will stand in the face of evil. I will walk into the highways and the hedges and compel people to come in that my house will be full. God wants us to go out in His name. In this book of Jonah, God has a will for Jonah. God wants him to obey it. G. Campbell Morgan said, Men have been looking so long at the great fish 
that they have failed to see the great God. This is not a story about a fish. This is a story about God. This is an account of of the God who is willing to forgive and to cleanse humanity from all unrighteousness. So let's go. Jonah chapter 1, verse 1. Let's begin reading. Now, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. The saddest words in the Bible, but Jonah. Arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. God came to him. So what is the first point in our outline? The first thing that we would see is that Jonah is a man designated by God. Again, speaking to is this historical or is it folklore or is it allegory? 2 Kings 14.25 says that Jonah was a contemporary of King Jeroboam II of Israel. He is mentioned in Matthew 12.40 by Christ. And as I told you earlier, he is the one that Christ quoted when he said about the three days in there. God is a man. Jonah is a man designated by God. God called Jonah. God called him personally. He looked at him and he said, Jonah, I want you. And ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. God has a plan for every one of you. And God today is saying, you do this for me. Now, just like Jonah, we've got a choice. Are we going to go up to Tarshish or are we going to go down to Joppa? And you say, well, I'm going to just sit in the middle. No, you're not. No, you are not. You are going to make a choice. And God says, here is the choice. Follow me and let me bless you. Disobey me and I will bring into your life things that will call you to repentance. The scripture does not tell us how God called him, but it does tell us that it was a divine mission. Whether the commission came through a voice, a circumstance, or a sign, it does not matter. The fact is the scripture says that God came to him, and he called him. And just as God called Jonah, God is calling you. Revelation 3.23 says, Revelation 3.23 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And you know, I believe that there are many of us that absolutely believe God stands at the door and knocks. The problem is we believe he stands at the door and knocks of our neighbor. I believe that he knocks on Colette's door and tells Colette to obey the Lord. I believe he would call on Devlin, knock on Devlin's door and tell her to obey or Nelson's. And you go around the room. But when he comes and knocks on my door, I'm like, I ain't home. I'm not here today. Lord, surely send whomever thou will 
but please don't send me. But that is not how God works. All through Scripture, you find Him going to men and women, designated for a purpose, and telling them to accomplish this for me. Trust me, obey me, follow me. So the question for us is not, does God call? We have examples of Him calling. The question is not, does He speak? Yes, He speaks. Does He speak to me? Yes, He does. Or His word is a lie, and we're here in vain. God is speaking to us. The question is, will we, will I respond to Him? So God called Jonah. God called Jonah personally. God called Jonah powerfully. Look at it. Now the word of the Lord. That phrase is used seven times in 48 verses. If something is repeated over and over in a condensed amount of time, you better ask, why is it there? And it says, the word of the Lord came to him. I believe God is telling us again and again, I am calling you. I read a story about a farmer who was a follower of God. And one day he was out in his field. It was hot and he was plowing his corn. And as he was plowing, he looked up in the sky and he saw the letters PC. And he thought, that's odd. God, what would you be saying? And in his mind he said, it means preach Christ. So he dropped his plow. He enrolled in seminary. As he was in seminary and preparing to be a preacher, he could not pass any class that he was in. So one day the president of the seminary called him into his office and said, I've got to ask you, why are you here? And he recounted to him that he had been in the field plowing and he saw the letters PC and I thought it meant preach Christ and the professor looked at him and said, do you think it could have meant plow corn? I want to tell you, discovering God's will for your life is not easy. It will take time. There will be times that it's trial and error. There will be times that God will tell you to go a direction you don't understand it. That is why the scripture teaches tenacity. That's why the scripture would teach, seek me. And when you search for me with all of your heart. Now we've got to understand that all of your heart. That all of your heart is with all of your might. Have you ever tried to pick up something and you couldn't do it and you just had that little bit of extra grunt in you and you said, I can do it. It's these extra feats of strength that you hear about people having when someone's trapped. We think that we've given it all and then in a moment of emergency and a flow of adrenaline, we hear about people picking up a car or lifting a boulder or moving a log. God says, I want to give you that extra burst so that you can do it. Seek me with all of your heart. And trust me with everything you have. And you see, that gets really complicated there because do I trust the Lord? I think everybody would raise their hand. Do I believe He has a purpose for me? I think everybody would raise their hand. But when He calls us into the uncomfortable, I mean, if God said, Chris, I want you to go down to Phillips Arena today at 2 o'clock. I'm going to fill it with people. And all I want you to do is stand up and share the gospel. I'd be like, yes. Because channel 2 would be there, channel 5, channel 11. Somebody else would pick it up and we'd all be famous. That'd be really cool. But what if God says, I want you to go over here to Forest Park. And I want you to turn to the left. 
when you get to this road. And then I want you to go down a little ways and go to the third street and turn to the right. And then when you go down to the third street and turn to the right, it'll be what I think, Russell, the second house on the left. And when you get there, the conditions are going to be deplorable. But inside that house lives a man that I died for, that I love. Now I'm like, well, you know, God, it's Father's Day. (laughs) And I'm thinking Dallas is going to buy my lunch today. You know, God, I'll go maybe next week. See, that's kind of where Jonah was. Jonah didn't want to go. Because straight up, Jonah didn't like those people. He didn't like them at all. They were Gentiles. And not only that, they were hideous Gentiles. And you say, how hideous were they? They were known for how they executed people. They would cut off their hands. They would cut off their lips. They would hang them naked in the blazing sun on a cross and let them die very, very cruelly. Jonah did not think those people needed to be saved. And Jonah knew that if he went, God in his mercy, if they repented, he would redeem them. But yet, that's what God's calling us to. So he called him personally. He called him powerfully. But Jonah was also a man that was dispatched by God. Go to verse 2. Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city... And cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. Jonah was dispatched for ministry, designated for ministry, and dispatched with a message. Arise, go. It was a specific assignment. Preach preach me. Preach repentance. Preach turning your life around. In fact, the book of Jonah is the most evangelistic book in the whole Old Testament. And that is the message that God has given to us. Is to go. And let me tell you, that struggle with going, that struggle with going really defines why, what our view is of church. Is church the place that all of God's people who are redeemed and act nice gather together to say, praise the Lord. And that is a view of church. And that is a function of church. But church is also evangelistic. It says to go out there, reach people that do not know God, that don't know how to act like God, talk like God, sing like God, be like God, whatever. Go out there and get those people where they are right now and love them. Love them. And that gets uncomfortable. Because they aren't church broke. They may not know what to say. They may not know how to dress. They may not know how to act. They might not know when you're supposed to get up and walk out of church and when you're supposed to sit still and listen in church. They may not know it's the right thing to do to turn off their phone so it doesn't ring. And some of them don't even know how to stay awake the whole time I'm preaching. Oh, wait a minute, some of them folks are church broke. No. But 
you see, that's the rub of the gospel. Human nature wants to be with mine. Human nature wants to be around things that are comfortable. But the gospel compels us to get out of our comfort zone and to go to people and tell them there is a way. And His name is Jesus and He loves you. He loves you. And so this man, dispatched by God, he has a specific assignment. And that takes us back to that that principle that I was just talking to us about. That principle that says that God does not require us to understand His will, but to obey it, even when it seems unreasonable. What does God want? God wants you to be available to Him. One of the things, in fact... Christian, we have a meeting very soon, right? One of the questions we're going to be asking through our missions committee is, God, you are inundating our community with people who are Spanish-speaking people who don't speak English, and we're going to meet with any and all of you who have a heart for that, especially if you are bilingual. We want you to gather and meet with us because we're going to be asking the question, how do we step out of where we're comfortable, where we all speak the same language, to where we speak into, step into a culture where the language is different and we're going to have an interpreter. And I cannot wait for that opportunity. And we invite you to be a part of it. But we're going specific assignment. But listen to this. Jonah's also called, is, is to call for serious improvement. I told you that the Ninevites were brutal. They were known for their hideous treatment. Jonah wanted to go to these people and preach condemnation. He is a man dispatched by God. He is a man who's got a specific assignment. And he is to call for serious improvement. Jonah wanted them destroyed. God wanted them redeemed. You listen to me. Hear me. I love a two-party system. I love that we get to go to the polls and vote. But before we are Republican, Democrat, or Independent, we are children of God. And we better understand that while our political differences are part of who we are, we need to tone down the conversation. We need to stand for truth. But before that and above other things, we need to stand in peace with one another. And as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. There are people that I may not agree with that I can love, that I can serve beside. And there are situations that are going on where when, that we need to be, first of all, people of God. Healthy debate? Oh, let's have it. Difference of opinion? Let's embrace it. But let's do it in ways that honor God. And look before you like. Read the whole article. I have a preacher friend this week on Facebook. <laughs> he didn't read the whole article. And he liked something that had the F-bomb in it. And one of his church members called him out on Facebook, and he put a big old red face. Well, I didn't read the whole article. I just read the headline. Don't just read the headline. Read the whole article. Because they might have just put something in the headline to get your attention, and in the article they gave an opinion. So look at it. Look. 
He's calling for serious improvement. And you need to hear me. It is time for serious improvement. We are children of God. And God said that I have come and to seek and to save that which was lost. And he says, the first commandment is love God. The second is like it. Love your neighbor. They don't have to agree, but you are called to love them. Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh. God wanted Jonah in Nineveh. And there are places that God wants you and me today that we might not by our own decisions want to go, but God says, I want you to go because that's where the gospel needs to be. And you need to be there serving, loving, and showing me to people. Acts 1.8, go into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the outer parts of the earth and tell them, I am the Messiah. Jonah was there. So we see this man, Jonah. He was designated by God for a purpose. He was dispatched by God for a particular message. But he was a man disobedient to God. Look at verse 3. But Jonah. Man, that's sad words. You hear me? Sad words. You can know the truth. And at that moment that you say, God, I'm going to do it my way, not your way. It is but Chris. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish. Where is your Tarshish? Where is it? When God says, I want you to go here, and you don't go there, where is it you flee to? I know my list. I kind of know the places I flee because I guess I'm a creature of habit. Some of us do it in comfort. Some of us do it in substance. Some of us do it in anger. Sometimes we do it in spending. Sometimes we do it in social media posts. That make life look better than it really is. But we have a place that we flee to. To give us comfort in the moment. So that we don't have to be confronted by. The personal. Will of God. Jonah. Said God if you want me to go up. I'm going to go down. And any time we decide to do it our way over God's way, it is a downward journey. Jonah was disobedient to the Lord. What was the depth of it? It was a contemplated disobedience. Jonah arose to flee. He thought about Where am I going? It said he bought a ticket for a boat. He didn't just stumble on it. He spent money to get away from God. He spent money to get away from God. Look at credit card debt. And the number of people. Y'all ever listen to the Dave Ramsey show? It's on from 2 to 5 on 680, 640. 600 and something, there ain't that many, so it goes by 10. So if it ain't on that one, go to another one. 
and listen to the stories of people that say, we did this and this and this and this. Yes, he contemplated. It was a contemplated disobedience. Little boy was running away from home. And he kept running around the block. Finally, on the 10th time, the, the police officer who had responsibility for that section said, Son, where are you going? He said, I'm running away from home. He said, Why do you keep running around the block? He said, Mama said I couldn't cross the street. <laughs> yeah, he's running. And that's where we are. We run in circles. It's a contemplated disobedience. It's a costly disobedience. It cost him financially. He bought the ticket. It cost him spiritually because it removed him from the presence of the Lord, the fellowship of the Lord. The relationship's good. The fellowship is broken. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. It will teach you more than you want to know. It will keep you longer than you want to stay, and it will cost you more than you want to pay. Jonah, a man disobedient to God, contemplated, costly, and continual. He didn't just go to the ticket office for a ticket on the boat. It says that he actually got on it. That word there, went down, means that he went and went and went. Look at it. And he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Jonah thought he was running from the people of Nineveh. And that is one of Satan's greatest lies. You're running from the call. You're running from the situation. But in reality, you are running from the Lord. Curious, have any of you ever run from the Lord? I have. Was it a happy time? Mm, maybe for a moment. Honestly, I mean, let's just be real. Maybe for a moment it was like two thumbs up and a big woohoo. But you always wake up the next day. And that is when it is so embarrassing. It is painful. And the consequences are all around. So setting up the foundation for our study. This is a study about the will of God and the fact that God has one for you and answering the question, will I obey the will of God? I am grateful that Jonah wrote us for us this book. I'm grateful that he told us this story and he didn't just tell us the highlights. Man, when I finally did go into Nineveh and preach, people got saved. No, he gave us the whole journey from God's call to his obedience to the people repenting, to him getting mad at God because they did repent. 48 verses. I would encourage you to read this book over and over and over. What's God's call on your life? Thank you for listening to today's message. To learn more, to listen to messages and teaching from Pastor Chris, to contribute through online giving, please visit our website at mzbc.org. Thank you for supporting Mount Zion, where you are welcome, wanted, and needed.